Okay. Hello, folks, and thanks for tuning in to the Shagilola Salami Show. I'm your host, Shagilola Salami. If this is your first time listening to the show, the show is a virtual cafe with a group of book lovers chatting about indie books over virtual coffee. We talk about books by self-published authors from fiction to non-fiction, romance to sci-fi, as well as industry news. As a listener, what can you get out of the show, you ask? Well, good question. Well, you get to discover previously unknown books by self-published authors and hopefully would like one of them enough at least to go and buy it. You'll learn something about the business side of self-publishing and if you're especially lucky, you may get a freebie at the end of the, um, at the, end of the show, so keep listening. Um, I have a one-year-old assistant, so you may hear her every now and then contribute to the discussion. Um, this is a family-friendly show, and Little Me Humans do read books, too. If you would like your little human to be on the show, then please do get in touch. Today on the show, I have with me Ethan Howard. Um, the versatile Ethan Howard is a freelance writer and a graduate of Rutgers University. He's a combat veteran who continues to serve in the military today to, through the reserves. Once an alternative school teacher and psychological um, consultant, Mr. Howard is now a director for a nonprofit transitional housing program for young adults as a civilian and a volunteer for the homeless. He offers a, uni a unique perspective on the human mind. Mr. Howard is an avid reader with an affinity for the classics. His other hobbies include football, hiking, and board games with his wife and son. Well, he's got a very comprehensive bio. Hello, Ethan. Yes, hi, how are you doing? Great I'm, good. To <laughs> I'm good as well. Thanks. I was reading, I was thinking, oh my God, he's, he's got everything going on. <laughs> um, my second guest today is a gentleman by the name of Ben Bryant. Um, ben has appeared in a primetime TV sh in primetime TV shows and commercials, acted on Broadway, <laughs> sung at the Met, produced over 1,000 TV commercials and dozens of in industrial films. <clears throat> He's also worked as first ad on features, produced and directed over 50 talk shows. Now he shoots, directs, and edits all sorts of video productions. <coughs> Excuse me. He recently completed a three-volume memoir comprising The Stages, 1935-72, to 72, Circumstances Beyond My Control, 1972-90, to 90, and Waiting for Elizabeth, 1990-2014. Um, Hello, Ben. Hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. Let me make one minor correction there. Um, in uh, my film credits, um, I should have been more explicit. Uh, I don't remember how you pronounce it, but the term was first... AD, which means first assistant director, which is the, the guy who basically runs the, the set for the director. Oh, perfect. Because I was reading it and I couldn't, I couldn't tell. I was like, first ad? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I forgot I'm using film, film production shorthand. I Fair enough. No, that's, that's why. So first assistant director on features go. produced uh, and directed over 50 films. So yes, we got there in the end. Um, yeah. So my next guest is Max, and he would like to introduce himself. Go on, Max. Oh, wait, I would? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I am... Sorry, just a moment. Um, yeah, yeah, no, great to be here. I'm Max of Batman Max. I consult coaches, authors, and experts, uh, public speakers, on how to build rapport with their audience with storytelling and email marketing best practices so that way you turn your readers into lifetime customers. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, and my next guest, last but not least, is a lady. So there's there's not just me and my little madame as the only lady today on the show, which is great. Um, her name is PJ, uh, PJ Fiala. Hello, PJ. Hello. Yeah, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I um, I live in the Midwest, Upper Midwest, and it's um, it's cold out right now. <laughs> um, we're getting snow. Uh, I have uh, four children, three and a half grandchildren, uh, and I just released my fifth book. Oh, wow. Congrats, congrats. But, see, I'm in London, and, you know, I just, America is just one of those places that I think sometimes should just be a continent of its own. It's like you just, one country has so many different time zones, and the different places just does my head in. So when you say, did you say not west, midwest? Where is that? Uh, yeah, upper midwest. I'm in Wisconsin. 
Right, okay. Oh. See, because when people say things like that, it doesn't really make sense to me because London is, well, England is called, the United Kingdom is quite small, so it's kind of not, it's easier to have an idea of where places are. What you say, you're like, uh, I have no idea. Um, okay, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> so I've just finished my virtual hot chocolate. I think everyone sort of figured it by now that my thing is hot chocolate. Um, and I'm really looking for, I used to have this really massive, mug, right? I mean, have you ever watched Cougar Town? Did you guys ever watch her? Yes, I've seen it. So do you know, like, what's her name? She had this big Ben um, glass, wine glass. I want something like that for hot chocolate. I had one that was closely sized to that, and then it broke, and I was really upset, and so I'm looking, and I've gone to all the shops. I've gone on Amazon, and I've gone to the normal cup and they just have enough for one cup of hot chocolate, and I really want one that's got enough that I can have, like, two hot cups of hot chocolate in one cup, then I don't feel guilty. You know when you just have it and then you just think, oh man, I've got to go and have another one. Whereas if I had it all in just one one, then I feel like I've had one. You know, so I'm looking for someone. So if anyone ever sees a nice, big, massive, you know, mug, then please Ball. <laughs> well, I can definitely picture that. You know, so it's like, and I think the inspiration came, you know, when she is, what's her name again? I forgot her name now for this woman. Oh, Do you know the lady, uh, the main character in Cougar Town? Courtney, what is yes. it? Yes. <laughs> Courtney, Courtney Yeah, so you know, she's got her nice wine glass, you know, she called, I think it was Big Ben. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah, so That's she had her perfect big... name for it, <laughs> So it was this massive wine glass that was like, just... Oh, it was humongous. Well, so I want one that's for hot chocolate. But anywho, let's forget about hot chocolate. Right. What are you guys having? What is your poison for virtual cafe? If you went to a cafe, what would you guys normally have? Well, I, I'm in the same boat as you. All about the hot chocolate. Okay. Extra chocolatey, extra milky, whipped cream on top, marshmallows. Yes, the works, the works. At my favorite cafe, they actually do have like bowl sized mugs, so you get a healthy portion for people like you and I. Oh, good. <laughs> How about you, PJ? What what's your one? If I'm going to a coffee shop, I always order the chai tea latte. Uh, around the house I'm just drinking water. Oh. Now I have to have two cups a day, one in the morning to start off my day and then one at the end of the day to send me to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Ben, what about you? Well, I tend to drink coffee pretty much all day, and then in the evenings I drink green tea. Nice, helps Ooh, with digestion. It's a combo. Okay, and Ethan, what about you? Now, I'm the strange one of the bunch because I actually don't drink coffee. So if I went to a cafe, I'd, you know, I'd probably have, wow, probably ice water, maybe orange juice. Ah, nice, nice. But I can see Ben. He's he's having his coffee. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 leave a thing and just get on with it. <clears throat> now, so serious bit. Now, it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in. The times are hard financially, at least. Um, I, you know, people are having to make their dollars uh, stretch or their pounds stretch further. Um, than ever before, you know, salaries, wages, everything, they sort of stayed put, but then the cost of living has gone up, um, so you find that there's very little left for luxuries, um, so whatever money that is left at the end of the day, you know, there's fierce competition over who gets what's left, you know, after we've paid all our essential bills. <clears throat> And as a result, con nowadays, consumers are much more prudent with their money. Um, and I think book lovers are no exception. And Amazon alone, there are thousands, um, if not millions, of books that are made free every single day. There are loads of other websites that promote free books, um, too. So there's almost no need for anyone to buy a book if they don't want to. Ben, what is your take on this? Well, that's one of the things that I like. Did you say Ben? I'm, I'm sorry, who did you address? You. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, anyway, um, I think that the uh, advent of e-books is uh, very beneficial in that way because you, know, you go to Amazon and you can buy a print book for $14 and you can buy the same e-book for 7 or $8. And in the case of most of us who are independent of self-published authors, my books are $1.99 for two of them and one which is a lot fatter is... Uh, 
is two ninety nine. So it's much more, much more accessible. I mean, I, I get a, I get an email every day from the fussy librarian. I don't know if you know about that. No. That, uh, website. You should. It's it. It's uh, Google fussy librarian. It's okay. a person who's a book who puts out a, an email daily um, with book bargains, some of which are free, many of which are ninety nine cents. And okay. um, I have probably at this point in a few months maybe a, a dozen or so books, mostly for ninety nine cents and occasionally for free. And once in a while, if it's an author that I know, I might spring for a dollar ninety nine. <laughs> I'm a big spender. But uh, anyway, I think that the uh, the existence of the ebook as such is a boon to to those of us who are doing our own publishing because it makes uh, people able to buy our books for not a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's, that's interesting. And then how about you, Max? Um, do you think authors should just throw in the towel and give up any more hope of making a living from um, writing? If not, what can an author do? Okay, um, so yeah, my belief is absolutely not. I don't think anyone should ever give up on their own voice. And I think that's the key lesson here. And I say uh, this expression regularly, which is there are two types of writers people who write and the people who get published and right now I think it's a great time to put your story out there and when I say published I use it very liberally so I mean whether it's a blog post, a book or uh, a guest post on someone else's space putting your voice out there is important and making money in that space from writing is the simplest anything it's actually simpler for anyone to just jump in, learn a new skill, and offer it to people because we're looking for great stories to be told. We're looking for people to do practical stuff like writing our resumes so we can get jobs to fill in those uh, gaps in our, in our pockets. And yeah, yeah, that's why my whole book is based about on the premise that writing is about connecting with your reader, building yeah. that relationship so that way they want to buy your book in spite yeah. of what other challenges they may have. Oh, okay. So I, you mentioned something, you know, about, you know, offering um, writing, you know, for CVs. I, um, I didn't get that. So basically, are you sort of hinting that authors could also go and do freelance gigs? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, so I, I guess I answered writers in general. Authors specifically, I think the most important thing to do is to build that audience. And rather than thinking of the book as the final accomplishment, think of it as just an extension of the relationship you're building every day with your email list. So converging everyone into one space where you can have a regular, in my case I say daily, conversation with them. That way they're people that were once just passerbys. Now they're fans, now they're touting your name, they're evangelizing, they're buying your books, and they're allowing you to build opportunities where you can either self-publish a second book, third book, fourth book, or now you can say, hey, I want to go to a big publisher, I have 5,000 people behind me, let's promote this book in a way that I hadn't before, and I help you, the publisher, I help myself in my career, and most of all, we're helping the audience hear the stories that they want to hear. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, that's 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 good to know. Um, Ethan, what three th tips would you give an aspiring um, author with regards to making a living from writing full time? First and foremost, make sure you have a thick skin. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get that. I mean, you're gonna come across many people who you know think your writing is great, and then you're gonna uh, have those people who don't like your writing. So be prepared to yeah. listen to both. You don't yeah. want to get too up from a compliment. You don't want to get too down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Thing, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the other thing is never stop writing. Yeah. Right? Yes. Keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. And writing, like for me, writing is a passion, and I enjoy it so much. Yeah. And now I'm at the point where I will never stop. And so – and the other thing to folks is write for yourself. Yeah. Okay? Because if you're trying to please other people, it's not going to work. Write for yourself. Tell your story because everybody has a story. Yeah. Maybe, maybe people have ten stories. Get it out there. And you never know. Oh, good, good, good. Now that's, that's quite good. So have a thick skin. Never stop writing. Uh, have it six and never. Ah, write for yourself. Yep, I remembered. 
Perfect, perfect. Thanks for that. Um, how about you, PJ? Um, what has been your monetization strategy um, as an author? Well, uh, you know, monetization, that's... Um, <laughs> So it's an interesting concept, but uh, you know, putting your books out there, you have to write a good book to begin with. You just yeah. uh, it starts with a good book, um, getting it out there, uh, and blogging. I blog regularly. I blog four times a week, if not more. And on my website, yeah. I um, I have it uh, associate. Um, so Amazon, I have um, affiliate accounts. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, there are others, and you know, it's it's maybe right now only like twenty bucks a month that I'm making on it, but it, it'll grow. Yeah, well, well, twenty bucks isn't you know, it's quite a lot. That's extra, you know. If someone gave me twenty bucks, you know, a month, I would be very happy with that. Um, so that's good. So when you blog, um, how does that turn into money? I know you say you've got your affiliate account, um, but how does blogging four times a week and having your affiliate account, how does that then get you? you know, 20 bucks. Well, you know, it, blogging is keeping your presence out there. It's also your writing style. You're, you're uh, introducing people to how you write, and hopefully you'll find those people that enjoy your writing voice. So blogging is doing that for you. Uh, when you're putting it out there, you're getting people familiar with your name, with your writing style. Mm -hmm. The uh, Affiliate accounts come in with uh, mostly with my books. That's how I do it. I okay. have my books for sale. I use my affiliate links whenever I am promoting my books. And anytime anybody buys through an affiliate link, I get a little bit of a kickback. Okay. Okay. Right. So basically, what you're saying is blog regularly so that your name is out there more. Because if you only just let your book, then no one's really going to know. Whereas if you're blogging, then that helps you to sort of stand out a bit more. Um, and then it gives you more visibility. And in turn, when people find you and then see your link, then if they're going to make a purchase, they're going to use your affiliate links rather than going on Google or, or on Amazon and just doing a random search for your name to come up. And that, in turn, gives you extra money. Did I get you well? Exactly. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, just making sure that I'm on the same, I'm on the same page uh, with you guys. Um, so we've heard it all from you know, our experts today on what they do to sort of help um, to get... <clears throat> money out there. So now that the serious stuff is out of the way, we're going to have a look at um, Ethan's book. Now Ethan, please, you're going to have to forgive me if I don't pronounce it well and you'll have to tell me how to pronounce it if I pronounce it incorrectly. So your book is called Sideros Nuncius? Sideros Nuncius, yes. And that is Latin for Starry Messenger. Oh, hey. It's Latin for what again? Starry Messenger. Right, okay. Right, okay, thanks. So, Sideros Nuncius is book one in the four part series called Oppor <laughs> Opportunus, Opportunus Ades, which is uh, loosely translated from Latin, which is here at the opportune time. Ah, right. You just wanted to just make me, you know, just make me look, <laughs> I can't pronounce. Okay, so I'm just going to go SN. So Sidorus <laughs> SN will appeal to all types of readers, but especially science fiction and fantasy lovers. Okay, um, it is the first of a four-part apocalyptic saga. He has loads of big words in his bio. God help me today. Okay, so it is the first of a four-part apocalyptic saga that tells the story of events that lead to the end days for Earth. <clears throat> There is conflict, love, complex characters, and plenty of unfolding mysteries. You know what? I should have actually let you do all this same but yourself, Ethan. Anyways, I will continue. Um, nothing, is what it's, uh, nothing is what it appears to be, and the surprises truly continue until the last, last page of the series. The book unlocks mm. the door to an alternate history for Earth and the entire universe. Now, those sounds interesting already. Um, it is pure entertainment that combines elements of science fiction, fantasy, and religion. <clears throat> there are explanations behind the legends, myths, fairy tales, and folklore uh, we have all read about. SN <clears throat> also dives into various parts of the Bible, including the book of Revelations, and challenges the things we have been taught from it in a big way. <clears throat> Ethan, right, okay, 
what inspired you to write this book? I have, I'm going to give you a string of questions so you can just answer it as you go. One, what inspired you to write this book? How long did it take? Did you do any research to come up with the information? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, in terms of uh, me being inspired to write it, ever since I was a child and I was raised a Catholic and I always had a very curious mind. So I had so many questions growing up as a child that I would ask my parents, why does this happen? Why are there stars up there? Why are there supposedly UFOs? There were so many questions. How were the pyramids built? I had all these questions. My parents couldn't answer it. My teachers couldn't answer it. So yeah, I was like, yeah. so I was like, I needed some sort of outlet for all this because I was uh, a very curious, very curious child, and I guess in some way I'm still a child, and I'm still very curious. Yeah. So that had to change. But now we fast, we fast forward to um, around 2009, and I had come back from the Middle East from a tour. And I had read up on Alan Moore, if anybody's familiar with Alan Moore in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so what he did was he took all of the all of the uh, Victorian literature and put a spin on oh, it. Oh yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, I want to do something like that. Like he created this whole other universe. And I said, well, you know, yeah. I want to that as well. So then I started compiling some information and then there were things going on in, uh, in the Middle East and so I did a couple more tours. And so then when I came back in 2013, I sat down with my wife and I had all these ideas and she said, listen, why don't you just start writing? And I said, you know what, that's a good idea. Okay, I'm going to start writing. So then I did. And I started writing and then I came up with the story that you have that you have now. I wanted to answer a lot of those questions. I wanted to answer questions about mythology. I wanted to give birth in an alternate universe. And so this story here, so the whole thing of opportunity is a desk here at the opportune time is basically of extraterrestrials or more advanced beings that come down and give us nudges from time to time. So they come down at the right time, and that's where we're here at the opportune time. Hmm. Right. The title. That particular title is Starry Message because there's a character a story is able to with a particular. Hey, we're losing you, Ethan. I don't know if anyone else can hear you, but I'm losing you. Yeah, I was thinking of it, and I was I was sort of hoping that you know it was just me, um, because it sort of echoes almost like you're in water. Is this better? Is this better? Yeah. A little bit, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Sorry, you guys aren't I, here. I think speaking, speaking as a film director, I can give you a hint. If you get that microphone closer to your mouth, that'll get this better sound. <laughs> World-class expertise. Thank you. <laughs> How, are we doing? How are we doing now? Oh, That's much better. It was great. Yeah, I think it was just a movement from before. Yeah. Oh, just okay. move Okay, because I'm having to hold the phone because I was having computer problems. So, gotcha. uh, so did you guys catch? I hope most of what I said. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You just trailed off in the last bit, so we didn't lose the essence of it. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. When when it's you know uploaded onto the podcast, fingers crossed. I'm crossing both fingers and both toes and hoping that it will it will um, it will sort of record well. Um, but yes. Okay. No. Do continue, please. Okay, so you know, so you know, I was inspired by you know Alan Moore and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I was also inspired by the Lord of the Rings and just this grand spectacle. So I wanted to create this story where mm -hmm. things slowly unfold. You know, the first story I introduce a number of characters, and then the whole universe gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. then at the last story, the very last story, and that's when everything comes to a head. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you for that. Um, okay, so we've sort of given a nice intro into it. Um, if there's a potential for spoilers, so if you don't want to hear the spoiler um, about the book, then you can fast forward now. <clears throat> but this is just sort of, you know, the other guests, you know, telling us what they think about the book. So we'll start with you, Ben. As you read the book, what feelings did you get? Did the author deliver for you with his work? 
Well, the first feeling I got was I wanted to read the next book. Wow. Which I think is probably a, a good thing for our author, Ethan. Uh, yeah. No, I, I really have uh, I've always liked science fiction. I haven't read a lot of it lately, but mm. uh, in years past I devoured all of Heinlein's stuff and and um, and um, yeah. and a, what's his name, the uh, uh, Ray Bradbury, and uh, even Kurt, the early Kurt Vonnegut stuff was was kind of science fiction. I mean, the planet Trafalmador, where the character, mm. the uh, people, uh, communicate by tap dancing and farting. I mean, it's a combination of <laughs> humor and, and sci-fi. But mm. I, one of the things I liked about the book was that I was raised in a very religious family, too. I was raised as a Baptist, and I, I got away from that in my, in my early 20s. But one of the things that I liked about the book is the way you dealt with some of the teachings of the Bible mm. and how you use your character who had a larger perspective than we humans uh, interpreted and reinterpreted and corrected some of that stuff. I found that to be quite fascinating. So I, I'm really interested, and I hope that when this podcast continues, you will tell us where we can get the other books because I do want to read them. Yay! Well done, Ethan. Well done, well done. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll calm down now. Max, when you read the book as well, how else do you think the book could have played out? What could have been different? Um, for me, it was, uh, and it's interesting. That, so actually, I'll say two things because I, I hate to interrupt. Um, so I always like keep my thoughts until I get a moment. Um, so what I want to jump back to what PJ said with her strategy. It's something I definitely agree with. I teach it every day with my audience and my partners, but like I'm going to drop the F-bomb and say frequency. It's the F-word that people are afraid to say, but frequency. Build a relationship by frequently saying things to your audience. Tell us about your day, tell us about your life, why you wrote your book, and every day leave us a link where we can actually look at that book and buy it directly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what you guys were saying with Alan Moore even, um, it's interesting that you said that because that was going to be my note where I really like this story but wouldn't it would be so cool to see you just throw us into the world without um, um, giving us so much um, supporting material to describe the context. So like when we're thinking about Alan Moore when he did his Jack the Ripper graphic novel, which I can't think of the name right now, um, what else did he do? Or V Vendetta, which is more um, accessible to other people. It was we didn't say oh what got Guy Fox upset. It was no this guy's blowing up buildings and we figure out why after the fact. So you're just thrown into this world of chaos and controversy, and then the story is revealed by just seeing the actions of the different people as they relate to each other. So everyone's always talking about the whole beginning, middle, and end. And what I say is yeah every story has that, but it doesn't mean you have to absolutely start at the beginning throw us into the mix, we'll figure it out for ourselves because we're smart, and we'll want to turn the page because we need to find those answers. You know what? That is really, really, really good feedback because I love fantasy books, and I, I really struggle when authors, um, they start off and they go really slowly, and then they start telling us about the colors and the world. And I just be... Put the exciting bit. Go to the exciting bit. Yeah. Let me get the adrenaline going. You know, just so the few books yeah. that I do give five stars are the books that follow that format. That you just go in and you just start. It's like boom, 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 boom. You know. Exactly. <laughs> so I can. I can. And that's definitely. the thing. Yeah. No, no, no. And I agree. It's the conflict, you know, because the conflict works in two ways. It's the conflict within the story, but it's the conflict of we need answers, give us answers. So, like, for instance, in your book, the first three chapters, we have them hanging out at the museum. What if that's the first thing we read? Or the other chapter where he's just, like, um, taking stock of his new surroundings. What if that's where we started? And him taking stock of his new surroundings is us taking stock of the context. So it's like we're thrown in, and the conflict is on our end, not on his end. It's who is this person? Why should I care? I need to turn the page to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, you did everything correctly. That would just be something for the audience more so in their storytelling. Yeah, but I think it's good feedback, though, because I love... Shoot, sorry. <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> no, not on my end. Sorry, uh, someone called me on Skype. I <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but if you didn't hear that, then uh -oh. that's why that, that doesn't matter um, too much. Yeah, but no, seriously, that's good feedback, though, because, like, I'm reading a book from another author, and I will 
come back to that later. And whilst it was interesting, I was struggling to make progress with it because it's been very slow where they've sort of been doing a lot of the introductions and I'm kind of like and it's quite similar because it's an alien abduction and it follows the same format as your one where they're like extraterrestrials that gave mankind their powers and they created mankind and you know all the um, stat, uh, the pyramids in Egypt and you know it was following that concept and but then why I was struggling is because they were making it really slow it's like oh she went to the hospital she was in the hospital you just think where's the excitement you know but okay okay <laughs> so yeah, yes. conflict is good. Make it exciting. I always go for books that you know are really yeah. exciting, and then they tell you the character as you know they go back to what happened before. Whereas when you start off at the really slow bit, where it's like, oh, the color is blue, and they drank water. It's kind of like, please move. <laughs> okay, that's fine. How about, how about you, PJ? When you were reading the book, what was the best part for you, um, or did you hate it? I, I'd, never say I, I hate a, I'd never say I hate a book. I know how much work there is involved in getting a book to publication. Um, yeah. I think what I liked the best about it was the, the correlation with the Bible and how he um, you know, made us think a little bit about what we have learned about the Bible in the past and you know that maybe there is something different that, that we haven't thought of but we've been indoctrinated to believe in a certain way. I thought that was really an interesting concept. Oh, good. Good, good. Um, okay, so guys, have you read any in the books, indie books in the last year? Um, if so, which ones were the best ones for you? Why did you like it? Uh, let's start with you, Ethan. <clears throat> it was a story called uh, Anatomy of a Fallen Angel, and it was written about these angels, that, are, or rather these winged creatures that are captured by humans. And their organs are harvested so humans can actually live a bit longer. And it really, the story really just sort of focuses on us as humans and how our prejudice and how our other things that we do impacts our environment. It was just really a fascinating story. I enjoyed it very much. Okay. See, now, when you say fallen angel, and I guess this is me being too much of a geek, do you know what comes to my mind? Yeah. Doctor Who. The fallen angel. <gasps> you blink. Yeah, the angels. Yes, yes, yes. That is the, by far one of the best characters in like cinema, TV, and media in like decades. But yeah, good call. Blink, right? And seriously, and um, okay. So now in London, right? And I love one of the things I like about London is that you have a lot of buildings with characters. And so where I used to live before, um, when I'm looking outside of my kitchen window, there were like all these. Not angels, but sort of gargoyle type things. In and seriously, every time I look out there, I think, "Oh my God, what if? What if Doctor yes. Who was real? Yes. What if?" <laughs> that is the genius of that story. Oh my God, Stephen Moffat is really good at that. And I can geek out on Doctor Who, but I'm so glad you said that because he has this knack for telling stories about things that we all think about, like the what happens when you're not looking uh, at an angel or, or what happens in the corner of your eye and yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> those human fears <laughs> if I can just make a quick confession about uh, Doctor Who believe it or not I have never seen an episode of Doctor Who as much as I love science fiction I've never seen it either Okay, so Ethan, Ben, how about you, PJ? I've seen one episode. Yes, at least, thank God. You remember oh! which one? <laughs> She's seen one episode. Okay, after today, you guys need to go BBC iPlayer, go and check out one episode of Doctor Who. But no, no, let's do it this way, though, because you and I know that they can go to season three and watch the episode Blink, which will not only talk about everything we discussed, <laughs> but it won't ruin the show for you. It's not out of sequence, and yeah. the main character is barely in the episode. Yeah. If you do not like that episode, you will never have to go back to the series, but if you do, I would recommend either going back to season one or going to season five, which, again, it is a show about time travel, you will not watch it. Out, you can watch it out of sequence, and it won't disrupt the storytelling. 
Okay, now he's a diehard fan. Okay, even I don't even know all the <laughs> all the seasons off the top of my head. Now he's he's worse than me. But yes, please do go watch an episode. You know how can you not watch Doctor Who? Fallen Angels. You've read it. And that's me as a Fallen Angel. You've read the book. Now you need to go and see Doctor Who. Put it in real life and scare you, right? And then you will think, what is what is those angels? <laughs> exactly. Right. See, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's Even my little human, she's been quiet all e um, day today, and she's she's laughing at that. Um, <laughs> okay, so how about you, Ben? What's what indie books have you read in the last year? What was the best one, and why did you like it? Well, as I said before, I learned a, a, about a few indie authors from uh, from uh, BookBub and uh, and uh, Fussy Librarian, and I came across an author by the name of Jerry Hatchett. Okay. Uh, like the hatchet that you chop with. And yes. uh, the first one of his books that I read, which, by the way, was one of the freebies that I got on, uh, I don't remember whether it was BookBub or Fussy Librarian, but it yeah. was called Unallocated Space. And it was about a guy who was uh, a former um, Special Forces soldier. I don't know if he was a Navy SEAL or one of those superhero kind of guys. Yeah. Who had with mm -hmm. the and he was a specialist in hacking and so forth. And it was this wonderful mystery story about computer hacking and, and, and stuff like that set in Las Vegas. And it was really a true page turner. I mean, I had to stop reading it. I usually, my, my pattern is to read when I get in bed. And I usually read for a couple of pages and I get drowsy and I go to sleep. Yeah. I had to stop reading this book in bed because I didn't want to stop reading. I just keep going. So I had to find something a little less exciting. But uh, he's. I, <laughs> I read another one of his books, which I guess was the whole idea of giving away a freebie, and yeah. uh, looking to find the rest of his books because I really think he's a fabulous mm -hmm. writer, and he is a self-published independent writer. And okay. um, I highly recommend him if you like that type of book. Jerry Hatchett is his name. Okay, perfect. Thanks for that. And and how about you, uh, Max? <clears throat> oh man, I can talk about books and media in general all day. So. <laughs> I broke it down like this. Um, uh, what's important to me is diversity in both who's telling the stories and what the stories represent. Um, so <laughs> Princeless by Jeremy Whitley. It's a comic book series about princesses that save themselves. So <laughs> instead of waiting for a prince to come, slay the dragon, come to your window, and <laughs> bring you back home and marry you, yeah. There's this girl who's raised and she's trapped in a dungeon in the castle and she's just like, this is all just ridiculous. Why are we doing it this way? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's just always attacking um, con concepts of race, sexism, gender, stereotypes, this, that, the other, and it's just beautiful. And the characters are young adults, so they're dealing with adult issues in very responsible ways. I love it. So that's Princeless by Jeremy Whitley. But more than that, the book last year that really moved me was Cress in Waterbee. So that is C-R-E-S-S in -S okay. Waterbee. And that is by Joy with an E Johnson. And it's the story of a mulatto girl born in the 1800s of a dead mother and a father who denied responsibility for her. So she goes through childhood always being among other whites and blacks and even her caretaker where she's just always isolated and doesn't belong. So we're focused on her identity with dealing with racism and sexism and how disturbing it is, but feeling helpless all the while, even though she knows better. And it's just awesome. She never falls victim to um, the issues that she's dealing with. And it's just highly impressive. It's, I believe, the first book of, by Joy Johnson, but she has several others. And it's a series, so I want to see where the story takes her throughout her life. Okay. So now, there was something I didn't get that you said, born of a dead mother. So does that mean I, I didn't get that? Was that this is just that her mom oh, is I, dead? My freezing is awful then. Um, <laughs> so her, during child, what do you call it, childbirth, her mom dies. And so her black mother dies. White father is still around, but again, he just denies responsibility. Mm. And that becomes part of the storytelling as well. Ah, okay. No, that's fine. Because when you said born of a dead mother, I was thinking, was the mom dead and then they had to do some last minute surgery to sort of drip her out of the belly or, you know, something, something um, more exciting no. going on? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Finally, PJ, how about you? 
No, I'm I'm uh, involved in several writers groups uh, here and and on the internet, and I've I've been introduced some fabulous fabulous indie authors uh, and so many different genres. I, when I was before I published, I was a reader, and a, as a reader, I would stick to one genre, which was the romance genre. Being in the indie world, I've been introduced to other genres, which have really opened my eyes. And the yeah. one book that uh, really fascinated me in a sad sort of way is Pam Franklin wrote a book called My Five Sisters, mm -hmm. and it's actually her uh, it's actually her story. She uh, was a, a child in uh, Mississippi uh, back in the 50s and 60s, and she had a sister. She had three sisters. But one sister in particular uh, was, um, she was bipolar, but she also had uh, multiple personalities. Okay. <clears throat> Pam was the youngest of all the sisters, and uh, the sister with the multiple personalities was the next closest to her, and she abused Pam quite a bit, mentally, mm. locking her in closets, uh, burned her. Oh, dear. Just had, and it was all her different personalities, and... Pam learned from a little girl on how to recognize which personality she was dealing with on any given day, and mm. she learned quickly how to handle that personality. Uh, and that's how she grew up. And she's writing a second book about that sister, um, which will be focused more on the actual sister and not Pam herself. But it was absolutely sad, but also fascinating. Mm, mm, mm. Right. That's, that's, that's quite, that's quite mm. interesting. Okay. May I add something real quick? Yeah. Because um, yeah. I realized, uh, I promised my audience that I would say this on air. Um, a third book that the books that I mentioned like, have inspired a lot of my own writing that I do every day. And a third book that's just not only inspired my writing, the work that I do for others, and helped me build my business, and I promise I would share this with my audience, is The Boron Letters by famed copywriter and marketer Gary C. Halbert. So he was incarcerated, apparently. Uh, for a crime he didn't commit. I don't know how true or not that is. And while he was there at Boron Penitentiary, he wrote a letter to his son six days a week. And what he, he's just, just lessons from a dad to his son about how to take care of himself in life, how to build a business, how to do the things that a lot of people think are difficult and are yeah. actually rather simple when you reframe it. So that's something copywriters like myself use every day to help our clients sell things and it's something that anyone can take up today if they're the least bit interested in building themselves up and being more profitable with their ideas. Okay, okay. Thanks for that. Um, <clears throat> okay, so now for the fun part, right? It, my, my guests today have agreed to give away a copy of their book, well, most of them. Um, so now you're going to have to tell our listeners, how do they enter for a chance to win a copy? Okay, let's start with you, Ethan. Shoot. I'll give it away two times. I'll give it away two times. Closer to your mouth. Closer to your mouth. I'll give away two signed copies. Can you, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can now. Good. All right, and so this version one plus one equals three. We still can't hear you that well. No. But we did hear one plus one is three. Okay, can you say that again, Ethan? Okay. For a chance to win one of the two uh, copies, listeners should type in one plus one equals three as a reply to the comment I will make page on uh, YouTube. And so I'll choose the winner March 20th. Uh, for, and that's the launch date for my second book, which is called Hostess Manage and Amnesty. That stands for Enemy of the Universe. Mm. Oh, hello. Okay, so I think I, I think I heard what he said, so just in case people didn't hear it, I'm going to be like Ethan now. <clears throat> I will be giving away two signed copies of SN, to enter for a chance to win one of two copies, listeners should type 1 plus 1 equals 3 as a reply to the comment I will make to this video's page on YouTube. I will choose the winners at random on March 20th, 2016, which is the launch date of HHG, which is book 2 of OD. Now, 
Eaton, really he's Eaton, he's going to go and write out the title of the next book because I'm just not going to be showing myself up and trying to pronounce these Latin names. It's like Hostis Humani Generis. And you think if I remember, if I heard what he said, it's like enemy to the human race. Is that correct? Yes. And you know, and if I could, and if I could just take a moment to briefly uh, talk about the way I did there was a, an Close. <laughs> Closer to action. your mouth, please, because I'm really struggling to hear you. Okay, how's this? Yeah. Yes. There was a coin that was found, a French coin that was called Opportunist Guest. And <laughs> it was a coin that I had read about when I was a child, and I was always fascinated because no one knew where that coin came from. And so that's also where I took the story. And being a Catholic uh, um, boy, up, some of the mass was done in Latin. But as an altar boy, I had to learn uh, Latin as well. And I know I didn't uh, answer the question, the question about research. And because you had asked me how much research did I do for the uh, story, yeah. I would say that I did a ton of research. Going back to also, like Alan Moore, one of the things that I did was for all of my characters and words and things, I created an encyclopedia of the character. So you will eventually. Also, closer to your mouth, closer to your mouth, because I'm really struggling. Yeah, you know that's the thing with technology; it lets people down everywhere. So, Ethan, when you're leaving a comment, you know all these things they're using. Because I think I heard something about an encyclopedia. Um, so, can you write that down? You know, in your in the comment on the YouTube video that you're going to be making, so that at least anyone who comes back they can actually see it. Um, because I think I heard it, but I, I don't know if anyone else listening my you know my hero. So please forgive us if the, if you've not been able to hear Ethan. Um, technology can let you down, and it seems to have a have a way of doing this all the time. But continue, please. But closer to your mouth so that we can we can attempt to hear you. Sure. So I very much out of more encyclopedia for the characters, some of which you uh, you met in the first uh, great. Also, I created a timeline that goes from 4 billion, 4.6 billion years ago to 2020. And that is the timeline for this, this Earth, for this alternate Earth. And I think the reason we get Okay, um, thanks for that. Um, ooh, ben, so at least now you know when the next book is coming out, so that's March 20th, if you want to <laughs> check it. <laughs> I, I, I got it roped in. Okay. Uh, okay, wait, oh, you know what, I've lost my train of thought. Ah, yes, we're talking about the giveaways, right. Ben, how about yes. you? Well, I, did you say Ben? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll give away my third, the third book of my memoirs, which is the the most current one. It starts and ends. It ends about three years ago, um, when I finished writing, and it's called Waiting for Elizabeth, and um, it's my favorite of my three memoirs because it deals with probably the most unhappy plus the happiest two things that ever occurred to me in my life. After mm. 29 years of marriage, Elizabeth and I split up, and. For reasons that you can find out when you read the book, I won't. Worry. <laughs> but, no um, spoilers. <laughs> to make a long story short, after um, several years, I think it, it was a total of about six before we really reconnected, and then an another four before after before she moved back in, and then we got remarried in um, in um, May of 2010. So I refer to her as my twice wife. Anyway, ah. And, and the book is all set in the context of what I was doing in my career at that time, which was I was developing into a director, having been a producer and assistant director for many years, yeah. and, and a video editor, and I did a number of very big projects during that period, yeah. one of which was a project I actually did with Elizabeth called the yeah. Better and Better series, and it's a bunch of uh, videos for surgery patients. If you uh, go to my website, you can find, find out about that. But anyway, that's the book that I would like to give away. And another reason is that I think that many of the people who bought that book 
uh, tend to go back and read the other two books that preceded it. So it's a, I think it's a good a good sales technique for getting <laughs> the one I'll give away. And as far as how it goes, I mean, I don't understand your technology about that, but if people just can put in the comment that they'd like a copy of that book, then however the, your methodology is for selecting who gets them, and I'm talking ebooks here, right? I don't have to mail a hardback well, copy. Written, whichever, one, whichever one you, whichever one you like, um, and then you get to pick the winners at random, you know. So however many listeners, you know, leave a comment. Um, so you know, things, okay, let's put it this way, right? You're going to leave a co um, a comment on the YouTube page of this video, and then listeners will type "wacky racist" in reply to your comment. Then, on a date that you choose, which you will tell me in a second, you will choose. How many copies do you want to give? I'll give three. Okay, so you're gonna give. You're gonna pick three, um, three comments or three people at random. Any three people that take your fancy. However, way if you wanted to go mini, mini, mani, mo, you know, that's totally up to you. And you okay. will pick three people at random who've left a comment and said wacky racist to give, right? And okay. on what date are you going to give it? Um, are you going to put it? Let's do it at the end of March. Let's give a date because people can okay. just... Uh, 31st of March, uh, midnight would be the deadline. How's that? That's perfect. Ooh, what time's that? Midnight. <laughs> New, York, New York City time, Eastern time. Okay. Oh, right. So midnight New York time. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm sure that's 1st of April in London, so that's fine. Um, okay, perfect. And... Max, now you don't—you're not really giving a giveaway, giveaway. But you tell us what you've got for us today. I—that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know how to make it work. So, <laughs> what I'm doing is I finished this book in January, and it's meant to be a tool to help people be more confident with the stories that they tell. So it's how to write well and fast so that you publish more content and build your reputation. So right now I'm workshopping it. So what I'm going to do is host that conversation in the comments. If you um, enter into the comments, let tell us how you felt about the show, what you learned from it, and specifically to get a free copy of the book, but also workshop it with me, meaning I will help you write your next best essay or at least that first part of your book, and to prove the concepts of the process that I use to write for my audience and my clients that it works for other writers it, with their material. So just let me know what your least favorite part about writing. I will entertain your conversation in the comments, and then we'll work together to help you do that first step. And then when the book is complete, and we know that it works for everybody, later this month I'll publish it, and we'll start putting it out, and you will be the first to have that, uh, that first copy for free. Oh, perfect, perfect. <clears throat> okay, PJ, what's your giveaway? I have uh, I, I will give away three copies of the first book in my Rolling Thunder series called Dog Days of Summer. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is put in the comments Dog Days, and I will pick three winners from there. Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, and what date will you be picking this again, Tom? On I did. March 20th. March 20th. Okay. Well, that doesn't really give people enough chance there because I know we are recording this a few days early and it doesn't go onto the website. Uh, the podcast itself doesn't go live until the 15th. So will you be nice to our uh, listeners? Give them a little bit of chance. Well, what, what do you recommend? March 31st? Okay, let's do that. That gives, that gives people chance. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so uh, PJ, so your one is Dog Books. Did I, did I get that correct? Dog Days of Summer. Dog. <laughs> you know what? I'm so rubbish. It's like I hear stuff and I to try and say it again, right? And then it's like it's all just gone out of my. So Dog Days of Summer, you will give one of how many copies? Three copies of Dog Days of Summer. Fabulous. And then people should reply to your comment and say what? Dog Days. Perfect. And you will give one of three copies. Um, at the closing date would be March 31st. What time zone are you using? I'm using Central Time. What state is that, please? I'm, I'm in London, Central Time. It's like, this is what I don't get with America. It's like, so many time zones in one country. <laughs> Let's not talk about Russia, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what time is that? So Central Time, is that what place is that? You said you're from Wisconsin, is that? Did I get it correct? People will know what central time is, so it's just a, it's central yeah. time. Okay. 
That's why I see, because I only just know GMT. It's like everything I always go, six, London six Times. Past GMT. Yeah, if that helps you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Okay. Uh, I think. Oh, such exciting giveaways. Um, well, if you're listening to the show and you want to get a copy, then please start typing now. The link to the podcast or the video itself on YouTube is in the show's description, so you simply just need to click and then go to the relevant author and reply, um, leave a comment, as they've said, um, you know, to be able to get, you know, entered for a chance to win. And they will pick at random at the dates they've given. So <clears throat> there's that. And then just to go back to what we had said earlier on, um, you know, about monetization strategies. When you're starting out as an author, um, unless you're extremely lucky, you should you wouldn't want to quit your day job within a month of releasing your first book. Um, I mean, I know a lot of authors who have been in this, you know, several years, and they're still keeping their, um, you know, their day jobs. Um, <clears throat> But you know, you would want to be able to get some sort of money out of it, even if even if people write because they like what they're writing or they like writing. You know, bills still need to get paid. Okay, so as much as we don't like to talk about money, bills are essential uh, uh, essential demons that we have to deal with, and they need to get paid. So some tips that I would like to give. Um, to sort of help a little bit, it's definitely not going to make a dent in the bank, but you know, every little penny counts, I think. Um, okay, so the first one I'm going to say is if you have to do one thing and one thing only, make that investment and get an author website. Um, if you don't know why, well, please just don't ask me. Just go on Google and search, you know, why it's important for you to have an author website. But this is an investment that I personally think will pay dividends for you um, at a later stage because, you know, you're building your brand as an author. And my little human has, you know, has woken up and she's, she's <laughs> she wants to get heard now. You know, she's contributed. She's like, yes, you know, she sees mommy doing all her in, uh, website management and stuff like that in the middle of the night. But yes, you know, it's really important that, you know, if it's one thing you're going to invest in for yourself because that's your brand that's your business that's how people find out about you so that's what number one thing that you need to do <clears throat> once you have your website make sure that it has a blog and you know like PJ said earlier on that you regularly post new articles to it or you put in new blog posts um, you know you can register in sites you know if you don't know what to type there are loads of people out there who are looking for guest post opportunities and so you know that you would you would have opportunities to actually put new content on your blog again if you you're not sure why it's important go and do a Google search Yes, see that little human being laughing about that. Um, now, also, one of the things that I like about technology when it's not failing you is that it gives you a lot of opportunities. So once you have your blog, go and link it to your Goodreads page. So obviously, that means you need to be on Goodreads. If you don't use, I mean, Goodreads, I talk about Goodreads all the time because that's what I use. I can't speak for any of the other ones out there. If you use any of the other ones and they allow you to link your blog to your page, then so be it, um, but you need to um, link it just so that it gives your blog and your website more visibility. Um, you know, and I think at the, at the rate that I talk about Goodreads, Amazon or Goodreads or whoever should pay me some sort of money for talking and promoting them all the time. Um, but anywho, that's that one. So once you're doing that, you're going to be getting traffic to your web author website. And then, this is where the fun comes in now. Once you're getting traffic coming into your website, that's when you can monetize it. Because if you don't have, a tra if you don't have an author website, your chances of making, you know, getting money is zero. But when you make that investment and get your website, then you start posting content that people want to read, then it increases your chance um, of getting money. So once you're getting traffic to your website, you can now monetize it. So one way of doing that is using Google AdSense. So depending on how you set it up, it, um, it gets you paid um, per view or paid per impression, because I think it's called CPM or pay-per-click uh, for AdSense. Um, so when you, you know, you, if you go on Google, you can check that out, and then it's got a lot of options and uh, information that you can get. Um, another way you can do is that you can put banner ads. If you don't want to use Google AdSense, you can put banner ads on your blog. Um, this one, you can manually add it, and I think you could go to your dashboard or whatever it's called. You know, so if somebody decides you know, they like your content and they want to advertise, so basically you're probably having to go... Um, 
to approach companies or you know service providers to say, okay, I like your service, or you know, oh, and I think there's also the Clink Bank one, um, you know, where it's like an yeah. affiliate website, so you can go there and put banners on your website. So the main thing is with your author website, you're getting traffic coming into your website, and it's that traffic that you're utilizing to get your, you know, the little pennies or whatever it is that they pay you. So AdSense is a very straightforward one. You know, you set it up, you forget it, you just go and check on your dashboard and depending on how many traffic, because I think, you know, most of the time they pay CPM, which is cost per whatever M in Latin is, for a thousand. So if you're getting thousands of people coming into your website, you will start seeing trickle of money um, coming in. If you don't want to then use the AdSense, then you then go to the other affiliate website. So ClinkBank is one of the few ones that I do know of. Um, and then you can then manually add in banners to your blog. Um, or if you don't want to use those ones, then you can approach companies uh, manually. I mean, the difference between the two of AdSense and the one that you do manually is that with AdSense, you don't really have direct control which of which companies appear. Um, you know, Google does that automatically. Whereas with the other option, you get to choose which companies you want to put on your website and for how long um, you want to do that. And then another thing is I've noticed because, you know, Google now owns YouTube. Is that correct, guys? I'm not saying rubbish. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's a unique partnership where YouTube is like still its own thing, but it's um, for what, six, eight years now? Yeah. So the thing is, so from what I've read is that, you know, when you go and do a search on Google, you find that more times than not, videos come up first. So if you post um, videos regularly to your YouTube channel, then you'll find that when something that is the keyword is related to whatever it is that you post, you will find that your post, your video post, will come up above the generic, you know, text um, options. And so when you then have traffic going to your YouTube channel, you can also make um, money from it, and there's a monetization um, option. Um, again, this is almost like Google AdSense, and it's quite straightforward to set up. And all you just need to do is click monetize. Um, but then the main thing, which I have to stress, is that you need to be getting traffic to come to your website or to your YouTube channel. Because again, if no one is seeing your content, no one is going to take action. Okay, so that's the that's the thing. So make sure you just join. Also, like um, I think it was PJ that also said this as well. Join Amazon. So if your books is being listed on Amazon, then you need to join Amazon's affiliate program because you know for every time someone buys your book or anybody's book or anybody's product via your affiliate link, they give you a small commission. It might not break the bank, but it might all be pennies. But at the end of the day, it still all counts, you know. I think you would rather have that penny in your pocket than leave it for Amazon. Um, so yes, that's a decent, just you know, my top um, mon uh, strategies, uh, monetization strategies, um, you know, to give. And my little human, she's a bit grumpy because it's it's bedtime. Um, so at the moment, it's five o'clock in London. And oh my God, I think we've gone for way more than half an hour. It's, we've just had such an exciting time that it's it's gone too it's gone too long, but. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll stuff now. Um, but anywho, so just do all the do all, mix and match all of these things that I've said, and you will see a cumulative um, effect. Uh, but don't just take my word for it. Just do your own research. If you know any other monetization strategies that can help an author out or any other business person, especially in the short term, then please do leave me a message either on YouTube or on my website or on Twitter. You know, I'm always looking to learn um, new stuff, so please, if you know any other options, then please do leave me a comment. Um, if this all sounds complicated, um, please feel free to connect with any of the authors um, on the show because they've been on this journey, they've got some experience, um, and I think the beauty about being an author that I've found is that authors, well, not all of them, but some authors are willing to help. Well, more, more authors than not are willing to help each other. So, you know, feel free to reach out to any of them. Um, I'm sure they're not going to say they're not going to be available. <laughs> but, yes, please do feel free. But then if you want, you can also give me a shout-out um, as well. Oh, yes, that's my that's my, my 15 minutes of fame there. <laughs> um, okay, so that's it for the, uh, today. If you would like to be on the audience for my next show, then please subscribe to my YouTube, uh, YouTube channel so you can get notifications on when it's being recorded. If you would like to sponsor the show, please do get in touch. I would really appreciate that. 
Now, thank you, lady and gentleman, for coming on the show. It was great having you. Thank you. No, that was so much fun. Um, wait, I want to make. I probably had done some at all of this, even though I am a millennial. I don't know half this technology. Uh, where do we leave a comment? Is it in the chat, or there's no box for me to leave a comment about the so giveaways? When the, that when the, so when we finish recording, so for those that know, we record via Google Hangout, because as they figured out, we're all in different time zones in different countries, and the TARDIS is not yet available to go and pick everyone up at the same time. <laughs> I wish I had access to the TARDIS. Um, of course, you know what? I think, you know... The we're all in different times, so this is like a timey-wimey episode in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, wouldn't it be great to have access to the TARDIS, right? Yes. I think. But it's like I feel, so, I feel so geeky, right? Like all these things just come out that people don't know about me. But yes, and then the beauty. I have to just say this because I feel really, really smart right now that I do know this. TARDIS, time and relative dimension yeah. in space. <laughs> yes. All right, love woman. I take it. I take it. <laughs> We have to do our own private Doctor Who episode. We can teach a lot about writing, like deconstructing um, the way that Stephen Moffat leads the show. Like that could be a powerful episode. I'm definitely up for it if you want to do it. You <laughs> could help a lot of people with that. Yes, you know we can have like the Shangalala Salabi show Doctor Who special. <laughs> Uh, why not? When is the new season starting? Wait, actually, I, I am very serious. <laughs> I am happy to help. But, all right, but no, that makes sense. I know when and where to leave my comment. Now, I just want to make sure I wasn't doing something like, oversight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, so once I finish recording, yeah. it all then uploads, because I think I sent you guys the link earlier on. So it then uploads yeah. to that link, and then you can just go and leave a comment there. Um, then please do share the link with all your network and all your fans and followers and tell them to um, leave a comment because it's all of you guys that will help make the show um, a success because I'm just one person with a little human being, just one beautiful little human being. Um, so if I had loads of sponsors, for instance, now, then I can get a big marketing team behind me. But at the moment, it's just, it's just a little old mule. Um, but thank you. We've gone more than our, our, our allocated 30 minutes. I think I think I seem to think I have so much fun talking with you guys that the time just goes away. Yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. So our listeners, thank you for tuning in and listening to us ramble until the end. Um, I'm guessing we spent about an hour. Um, if you like the show, please spread the word by sharing it with your friends and your family. Um, you can connect with me online. Uh, my details are in the show's description. <clears throat> See you again next week on the Shagula Lasso. Let me show. Thank you. See if I can find it. Bye, everyone. Bye now. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, bye. bye.